0: Welcome to speaking of sex with the pleasure mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the pleasure mechanics. And on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and intimate connection. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com, where you'll find all of the resources we have been generating for you since 2006 You will find our complete podcast archive as well as all of our online courses awaiting for you to step into when you are ready to master new erotic skills, gain more confidence, and have more fun in your sex life. You'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. On today's episode, we are continuing a conversation that we have touched on before. And it is a crucial one for all of us to participate in. And it's all about cultivating your erotic context, shaping the world around you and allowing yourself to express your sexuality, but also to create a context, a room perhaps, that holds your sexuality that is conducive to you as a sexual being. And this is a conversation we've had before. We will put relevant episode links in the show notes, but it's something that has resurfaced again recently because of a popular Netflix series, How to Build a Sex Room. So all of my friends are asking me, you know, have you seen the show? The sex educator community that I am a part of has its own feedback for the show and we will give the disclaimer, you know, we encourage you to watch this show if you have a Netflix subscription or the password to your mother's, Um, (laughs) check it out. And we will kind of touch in on this show throughout this episode, but whether or not you ever watch it. And we do want to say that there is like some questionable sex education within the show. Um, Although I think overall I was bracing myself based on feedback from sex educators Um, But overall, I actually think they did a fairly good job. And what the show does so beautifully is it invites us to think about how does the space around us encourage our sexuality or perhaps even inhibit it? What agency do we have around that? But also, like, how do we do this on any budget and on any scale? Because the moments on the show that made us wince the most were when you know the video crew and Melanie Rose the lead designer for the show walked into whole dedicated spaces in people's basements or entire like rooms in their houses and we're like oh it's quite small isn't it Ugh. and the reality for so many of us and more and more in this economy is that space is tight budgets are tight we don't all have a cast and crew to come in and give us an extreme makeover And so what can we learn from this show and from what we know about how sexuality works and how desire works and the impact of our context around us? So how can we all take steps here to cultivate the context around us in a way that will give us a little bit more breathing room and space and permission and perhaps even inspiration to enjoy our sexualities more, whatever that looks like to you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's the best of what the show evokes is this opportunity to look for what would our expression of our ideal eroticism look like right now. Like that's the invitation we're inviting us to watch the show and look for or just explore in your own mind and imagination, What would an expression of your most authentic or delightful sexuality and eroticism look like in your space that could kind of create more of an invitation for your own eroticism to live and thrive on an ongoing way?
0: And if you think about it, our homes are kind of collections of dedicated spaces for the things we prioritize in life. So we have a bathroom for bathing and grooming, we have a kitchen where the food stuff happens. Um, Some of us have like a media room or not, right? And the spaces in our homes are direct reflections of our values and our priorities, and what we literally want to make space for. And so it makes sense if you have no interest in food, and you don't cook, you might use your oven to store sweaters. But if you are really into food, you might have like specialized spice racks and whole rooms for your pens and pots, right? um and this is a direct reflection of who we are so just like that when we think about a sex room the scale of it the shape of it and the feel of it the character of it the textures um the personality of these spaces can be the invitation is to have a direct reflection of who we are as erotic beings but this idea even is really like kind of out there like we have bedrooms for sleeping And in the last episode, we did really about this topic about cultivating erotic context, creating a bedroom haven, I think it Mm -hmm. was called. Um, You know, we recognize that there's this strange thing that our bedrooms are places for rest and relaxation and slumber. And then we're also asking them to be our sex rooms for excitement and novelty and thrill. And how can we strike that balance?
1: Right. Those are two opposite kind of things that we want to
0: do in our life. It's like Like, shitting in the kitchen. We just wouldn't do it.
1: (laughs) But of course, it's like we think about lying down. Not a lot of us have space for multiple beds in our home. Like, it makes sense that we try and put these two roles together.
0: Um, I more think of a bed as a sex altar that you then eventually fall asleep on. Is how I approach it. I I, I witnessed that. I believe that. But... (laughs) But the idea of how do we hold this
1: dichotomy of rest and nourishment and also thrill and excitement?
0: And maybe the balance of sharing that bedroom with another human being. Mm-hmm. So, some of us have our own bedrooms, some of us share beds with partners or even other family members. Our kids might be in the corner of our bedroom, um, your parents might be down the hall or even in the same living space, right? And this is the thing, like, human beings throughout time and culture have lived quite densely together. The idea of these huge, sprawling homes with multiple rooms is quite new in human history. Um, And it's a luxury and a privilege, and also kind of ecocidal. So we need to kind of like acknowledge that and not glamorize or glorify the idea of having like, a whole outbuilding for your sex room as some of the people on the show end up with, or a complete renovated basement with a bathtub, like, I want to see the mold situation in a few months there. (laughs) Um, You know, so when we look at these shows, like it is um, a performance of something, and we should not let them make us feel like not enough.
1: Yeah, they're a fantasy. Yeah. They're a fantasy of what is possible in this peak capitalist world. And let us not think that we are failing because we do not have access to this.
0: So, what do we do on any budget, at any scale? What can we do? Because the show makes really good points, too, of like often our lives become not only not conducive to sex, but an inhibitor to desire. And what we mean by inhibitors is, you know, in our bodies, in our minds, there are things that excite us and create sexually relevant stimuli, like, ooh, that turns me on, that excites me. And there are things that dampen that, that put the brakes on it. Again, there'll be links in the show notes for whole episodes about this. But to recognize inhibitors when we see them. So for some people, not everyone, that's like hygiene and cleanliness And does your bedroom have piles of laundry everywhere? And like that is never going to put you in the mood and may in fact turn you off on like these small, subtle levels. Like every time you walk into your bedroom, you pass the desk where the piles of bills are. And it just is this like little drain on your energy and a distraction that how then do you take three more steps and jump into bed like a frisky little puppy, right? Like that's very hard to switch contexts when we're in a space that remind us of the to-do lists or the bills or the things. So that's one big thing is how do we first look at our spaces honestly? Mm -hmm. And if we're in relationships, so I was saying sometimes we share our rooms, like is your partner's stuff an inhibitor? Like does your partner have childhood stuffed animals on the bed? And that makes you feel kind of icky or do they feel comforting and cozy and cute? And you both cuddle up with them, right? Like two different people will have different reactions to that object in the bed or the art on the wall um
1: so you're saying start with kind of taking an honest inventory of the space that you inhabit as a bedroom and a sex space and like when you enter the space how do you feel how does it make you feel Mm -hmm. And scan. Are there anything? Is there anything you could remove or change that could decrease some of the inhibitors? Can you put the laundry in a closet? Can you move it into another room? Can you put the bills in a drawer or in another room? Those kinds of small steps.
0: Put them in a drawer. I never want to. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) you don't want to get rid of them
1: entirely. We still need to like deal with our life. Station could go to
0: the kitchen, for example, where you're in more of that like work to do mode, and you can sit and like write the checks or whatever do people still write checks as your partner's (laughs) cooking dinner and like that makes more sense for your relationship right so it's kind of a come to come to Jesus come to mama like inventory of what you're doing with your space now because there could be ways you're inhibiting yourself or your partner and you haven't been honest with that yet. And we can strip those things away. And sometimes we can't. Sometimes we are living in our mother's basement because that is the living space available to us right now. And we can't change that right now.
1: Or we need a home office in our bedroom because everyone's doing remote work these days. So, you know, work with what you've got. Like, we can't change reality in some ways, but we're just looking for places of agency where we can make small changes that actually could make a cumulative difference over time. Mm
0: -hmm. And so after the break, we're going to then go into what are these steps towards building the sex room of your dreams, but on your budget, in your reality, without the help of a very handsome construction guy, um, or with maybe. Um, But we want to take a minute and thank our sponsors for this episode. As we will explore in the second half of this podcast, cultivating erotic context is both physical and material about the things in our lives, and also so much about our mental space. And our sponsors for this episode offer you two different tools, one physical, one mental, that will both increase your erotic joy and pleasure and give you access to new kinds of sensations. Our first sponsor is Uberlube. They make the best high quality premium silicone lube you can find. Simple quality ingredients with no extra additives means that you can use Uber Lube on any body part to enhance any sex act where you just want a little extra glide. I use Uber Lube for full body massage that then goes right into butt massage that goes right into butt play seamlessly. Get yourself a beautiful bottle of Uber Lube. It comes in these beautiful glass bottles and it'll look great on your bedstand stand too. Right now, Uber Lube is offering speaking of sex listeners 10% off and free shipping when you go to uberlube.com. That's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E, uberlube.com, and use the code PLEASURE. You'll find a link in the show notes and at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox, where we share all of the discounts from our generous sponsors. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox to find links for Uber Lube and our other favorite pleasure tools and toys. As we are cultivating the erotic context of our lives and our bedrooms and our sheets, it is just as important to cultivate the erotic context of our minds. Using tools like Dipsy Stories, who offer a library of audio erotic stimulation that you can use to turn yourself on, explore new fantasies, and flood your mind with sex-positive, sensual, seductive imagery. It is such an incredible superpower we have to get turned on by ideas themselves. Words and voices and storylines unfold in our imaginations as if they were happening to us. This is why we humans love TV and movies so much. It's why we've always loved stories, because stories can move us and Dipsy Stories offers the world's best audio erotic library that can give you such a wide range of sexual experiences from the safety of your own bed while you're looking up at your beautifully curated erotic bedroom that we're going to about to tell you how to create <laughs> go to dipsystories.com/pleasure for a full 30-day free trial of the entire library and see what it has to offer you. That's 30 days for free when you go to dipsystories.com pleasure. That's D-I-P-S-E-A stories, dipsystories.com pleasure. You'll find a link in the show notes and at pleasuremechanics.com toolbox. Big thanks to Uberlube and Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. Now, let's talk about how to add excitement, how to add seduction, how to add sensuality to our spaces. Because when we talk about cultivating erotic context, right, like that sounds a little bit like uh, clinical or scientific or I don't know, how does it sound? I don't know. I love it Um, (laughs) because I know how powerful it is. And just quickly, cultivating erotic context, arousal, desire, pleasure, all of these experiences that we kind of lump into sex, right, safety, comfort, all of those experiences are context dependent, meaning how your body feels and what it wants and what it can desire and turn on to and open up to is completely context dependent our bodies scan the rooms around us and the context of the current moment and the temperature and the soundscape and all of that constantly. This is a constant system of vigilance that we can't really turn off. And it asks us, are we safe here? Are we comfortable here? What do I need to be aware of here? What is relevant? right? And so if everything around us is indicating stress and to-do lists and or family, right? So when we talk about context, stress and to do lists are one of the big things. Family and children are the other thing that starts infusing our space sometimes. And it doesn't even have to be the kids toys everywhere. It can be pictures of family members on every surface of your walls, perhaps, which some people love. Great, celebrate your family. Does it put you in the mood to bone your wife if you're passing granny in the hallway every day? Maybe not. Or these galleries of children, right? Like your children at every stage of life parading down the hallway as you enter your bedroom. And it might be a hard conversation to have that with your wife. Like, can we take down some of the pictures of our kids? Because it'll put me in the mood more. But family and caretaking are anti-erotics for a lot of people. So you're just saying, how can we... (laughs) have some feelings. And I feel
1: like the hallway is one thing. I think in the bedroom, it it makes sense to perhaps explore the idea of putting those pictures somewhere else. Um, The hallway is maybe its own thing. But the point being, family and caregiving is not erotic for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. in our small living spaces, of course, it gets infused. So how can we kind of shift some of that out of the bedroom and have that be in the like main living space and see if you can reclaim even a part of your bedroom again. Is that the top of a dresser that is far enough away that the kids can't reach it and can't really see what's there and create that as a zone, as a little section of your home that you're reclaiming as a space where you are honoring the erotic within you and your relationship. Like, that's what we're talking about when we're naming this at any budget in any context. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you have available to you that you can create some space to hold this idea of eroticism mattering, of your pleasure being a priority, of declaring that you want this to be a part of your life. And you want the expression of your eroticism to look a certain way. Because there's so many flavors of eroticism. And what do you want to explore right now in this season of your life? Mm -hmm. And is there a way to have an object or an image that reminds you and holds that space to bring you back closer to that expression in your own life?
0: Right. So just like you walk into the kitchen and can look at your spice rack and look through your cookbooks and pull out your pots and pans and get ready to cook that meal, where do we create a zone that is a yes, is a conducive space for the erotic life you want to have right now? right? So if it is just the top of a dresser, if it is your whole bedroom, or your entire apartment and home, you can kind of do this inventory around, and then take baby steps incrementally, because most of us don't get the, you know, luxury of an extreme makeover. But what are those steps? And you know, the show gives us some clues here about how we can approach this. Um, But they don't talk about things like inhibitors. And I think for that, stripping away the things that are inhibitors first creates a little space and energy Mm -hmm. to now start layering in. But then we get to like, well, who am I as an erotic being? And the words expression and access were coming to me as you were talking, Charlotte, like we want this space to be both an expression of who we are now, and a place we can access that part of ourselves and maybe even reach for the toy or reach for the massage oil or reach for the like outfit or the lingerie that you put on to get yourself in the mood mm-hmm. um, but then also inspire and aspire like how do we get infused with energy or inspiration or like sensual seduction to actually like incentivize us to put us in the mood so one of the things they do on the show that i think we can all kind of do on our own is our own in the mood board right so a mood board for a design is when like you take fabric swatches and inspiring images and ideas that kind of guide the design of a room so for your sex room or your sex space or your little altar on top of the dresser um what is or in your walk-in closet right like you could make your walk-in closet a little zone of refuge and inspiration that you go in to transform into a more erotic being and then step out into your bedroom that's like, you know, family friendly. But what is on your in the mood board? Because this is where we see in the show, like, creating the like dungeon for everyone is not a generic process. Mm who the people are matter and who the relationship like the dynamic between the relationship matters. And so she asks people a lot of questions and gives them little like, inspiring quizzes, um, to try to draw out from people like what would express both your erotic personality, and your desires what you want to experience next.
1: Right. Some people were interested in a decadent, red and gold, Moulin Rouge kind of s- luxurious space. And other people wanted more of a spa-like, sparse, calming kind of environment. You know, all of these are... Spa, sparse. <laughs> <laughs> I love your accent sometimes. <laughs> But just this this idea and this invitation to explore what feels sexy to you. What would feel most inviting to draw forth the kind of eroticism you want to experiment
0: and explore. And this is where you can watch the show. And like as she goes through these different couples aesthetics, notice what turns you on. Mm-hmm. Is it the bondage and the chains and the leather and that kind of aesthetic? Or is it the serene space? bar's spa (laughs) Um, or is it more of like a rugged country feel like you know the antler chandelier in the sex barn really did it for me Um, right and that was a
1: really novel combination like it was like a country kinky Mm -hmm. sex bond like it would that's an original combination i think and like i love how specific we all are like this is where we get to play and and combine these sort of surprising combinations and you can
0: also notice what turns you off like that is just as valid information and if you're designing a space for a relationship um, or a polypod for example you have to take everyone's interests and find that venn diagram and i think this is true a lot of the time where like your partner's Bedroom aesthetic might be turning you off, and is there space to actually name that and orient towards a style that reflects both of you more accurately? Um, and that can be a gender thing, but it can also be like a kink and an expression of, like, are your desires and needs centered in this space in any way? Um, and that can just be a very subtle nod, right? Like, I'm always seeing lamps that look like butt plugs. <laughs> right and so if you get a beautiful glass lamp base that looks like a butt plug and put it on your partner's you know bedside table because they love butt play like that is a nod and a gesture and kind of a wink towards something that doesn't have to be explicit right because we all have different levels of like how explicit can this be and that brings me to erotic art Mm. and I want to throw this to Charlotte our in-house erotic artist Um, Because I think a simple piece of art, a painting on the wall, can totally transform a space. I totally agree. I feel like art
1: can hold an idea. It can hold a concept. It can hold a... Something that you want to embody. Um, It's It's an
0: evocation. It is an evocation.
1: And yeah, that can be such an interesting way to easily change a mood and a feeling in a room without having to move any furniture or anything. Finding an image that evokes something that delights your senses and your partners and putting it on the wall can just change the feeling in the room. Mm
0: -hmm. And I love when people buy your paintings and say like, Yeah, I like the colors in the paintings, but I'm really working on body pride and the way the butt looked in that painting really inspired me.
1: It can be about a reclamation. Yeah. Yeah. One of my paintings was just sold to somebody who was really reclaiming their butt and the sensation and the feelings in that part of their body and the the nude with the way the butt was, was really evoking that for her. And I just loved that, that she was bringing that into her bedroom Mm -hmm. as an act of reclamation. A
0: reclamation or an ode to what you like, right? Um, Some people like an art of like bodies dancing, Mm -hmm. right? That's like family friendly. It doesn't have to be explicit nude right a lot of more abstract and your stuff is beautiful watercolors right so you get like the movement and the energy and the feel of bodies in motion of bodies dancing or of bodies in repose right like maybe what you want to evoke is like serenity and tranquility and so a beautiful body relaxing actually invites our minds into that space yeah Um, And so art is such a simple way to express what you want to feel.
1: Couldn't agree more. And of course, with (laughs) nudes, there's such a huge range of explicitness, right? So if you have a family home, there are a lot of styles of nudes that can evoke comfort in the body being okay in our skin that you can put up in a bedroom that if grandma walks into the room or your three-year-old walks into the room it's totally fine Mm -hmm. Um, it's nothing that you wouldn't see in an art museum
0: and in the show they show people going to like boudoir photographers and getting like erotic portraits of the couple themselves and putting that up that might be a style for some people but again, especially if it's a family home, if you have a lot of friends over cycling in out who you don't want to see, like, you know...
1: Your kinky side. But it is a beautiful
0: idea. But if what you about, like, resources. your two hands, right? Like, mm. a portrait of your two hands together or a favorite place. Like, in one of our first homes, mm. we got a photo of... Where we had our first date and like that that image of the vista mm-hmm. of where we like first kind of made love publicly and like, <laughs> so it's like we know that's what that cliff uh-huh. means and when we see it we get in the mood but no one else knows that mm-hmm. um so these things can be like a secret love language too of like how do you create a space that evokes this for you that feels like a temple an altar, right? Like I really consider beds altars for like the sex and the connection and the intimacy of what we do there. And Mm -hmm. sleep happens to be one of those activities. And so your bed itself, right? Like, do you like your sheets? Mm -hmm. Do you like the colors? Blankets, like a lot of blankets I find very like, um, I'm going to use the word frumpy here. Mm -hmm. Um, They are like way too comfortable and not sexy at all in my aesthetic view. And again, like, one person's sexy is another person's ick. Um, and just like the colors and textures, like some people love those poly blankets that are really soft, not polyamorous, but polyester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite kind of poly. Um, you know, that like faux fur polyester. For me, it gives me the ickies, and but I love lamb's wool um and leather and metal, and those are like my textures. So what are your textural things? I also want to go here to sound. Mm. One of the most inexpensive ways we have access to to completely change the room around us and the context is through music and sound. And often we get into the music ruts even in our life. And we were in a big music rut Mm -hmm. until I crushed out on this new friend who is a DJ and an audiophile And she makes these beautiful playlists that when I met her and I started listening to this music, I really credit it as one of the major fuels for my recent erotic renaissance. Like the music gave me an energy and I kept saying like, this is a soundtrack to a sex life I wanna live in. Mm -hmm. Like a place I never wanna leave. It felt like music that was like anthems I could aspire into. And for me, that was like huge source of motivation and sensual inspiration that no one could see or feel or touch, Mm -hmm. but changed how I occupied my bedroom, Mm -hmm. changed how I moved in my space, changed how I danced, right? So is the music you are listening to turning you on? And how do you explore music that can turn you on more? Um, and I recently, I got her permission to share her playlists with you all, so you can listen to the music that's turning me on, that's been, like, the soundscape of my erotic life. I build playlists out of her playlist to then have sex to, right? Like, do you have a (laughs) sex playlist? Um, If so, actually share it with us. I'd love to hear your sex playlists, and in our newsletter, so I'll share Kenzie's playlists, and I'll share some of, like, our music that we like, Um, and invite you to share yours, because I really think, like, a simple few hour playlist that you can hit play on and it opens up this space. You know, you turn off the lights, light a few candles and your bedroom, no matter what it is, it becomes a black box theater of potential. Mm. It becomes a tabula rasa. It becomes just an open space that you can occupy and bring whatever eroticism you want to life, right? Whether that's quiet solo masturbation, meditation, whether that's an elaborate kink scene also building a sex room can be pop-up and modular (laughs) right if like our basic room and this is kind of the image I'm having now where like if our basic room is not inhibitory it's Mm -hmm. not a turn off but it doesn't have to be this like you know full kinked out sex studio although recently I'm on all sorts of diversions today. Just bear with me, folks. Recently, Charlotte and I went to a studio, like a whole sex dungeon kink space.
1: Yeah, for our 16th anniversary, we went and rented space in a studio to play together. Mm -hmm. And it was so wonderful because, of course, it's so different than our domestic life. Mm -hmm. There are all sorts of fun tools and implements. And the space is so erotic and invites that. And is like an entirely separate world that you enter Mm -hmm. and explore. And it was such a fun gift to each other.
0: Totally. And so just like a hotel room or an Airbnb can be like a temporary sex room that you can rent and then leave. Yeah. Right. right. A few hundred bucks and you have this whole experience together. Um, More and more, there's kink studios and dungeons and play party spaces um, and kink communities that have communally owned homes, um, stuff like that, where you can be part of a social space Or just rent access Uh to the sex room of your dreams, right? Because for those of us that really want the dungeon, but don't have a dungeon space in our home right now, you know, once a month or every other month going to visit one, having that to look forward to. And having that space together, like I could put you on the St. Andrew's cross, I could put you on the spanking bench, sorry, is this too much information? (laughs) Um, And play in a different way that we can't in our family home, even in my lair, which Mm -hmm. is what I call like this room that we, you know, so for us, our reality is we have a family, very small studio home, right? And then we have a bedroom that we use for the pleasure mechanics lair, it's our home office it's we have a bed in here where it's like more of our sex bed and we have all of our erotic art and books and sex toys and this is a kid-free zone so our child knows not to come in here when she has friends over they don't come in here and it's not like a restricted area it's just like oh that's where our equipment is you know that's you know um and it allows us to have this little sanctuary of space where my leathers can live and breathe and we can have Charlotte's erotic art up on the walls. You owe me a painting, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, I do. So on the,
0: as she gestures to the squid devouring a naked uh, woman she made for me for my birthday. <laughs> um, so we're going to share Charlotte's art in the <laughs> show notes. We're going to share Kenzie's music. We're going to share a lighting guide that one of our listeners made for us last time. Uh, we talked about this. Um, and so all of these different layers, right? Art, sound the lighting and I can't lighting I mean so much for some of us it is a make or break thing like I cannot get in the mood under really bright lights at night like it just my brain won't go there um and so some of my suggestions here are like look at your light switches can you put a dimmer switch in for less than 20 bucks um can you change the shades on your light so it doesn't you know reflect a glare can you change the angle of your light so you don't even have to spend money sometimes it's just like what is bothering me what could enhance this what could make it even better what do I want to express and then just play and notice like little micro changes Charlotte sometimes walks into the lair and she's like "Ooh, what are you doing here (laughs) you know and it's like a little change or a different plant in the corner or plants another place to play living beings bringing them into your space
1: it changes the space so much Mm. and scent scent is an amazing um sense to activate because it's connected to memory so much it can act like a bridge into sensory experiences
0: but again so personal so personal and like if your partner scented candles like you said that and my butthole clenched (laughs) like if your partner scented candles um are actually like a deterrent for you an inhibitor you notice they don't feel good in your body you need to have that conversation Mm -hmm. and is switching to like an essential oil infuser possible and how do you and we've had all of this conversation because i am very sensitive and again trusting yourself what do you find sexy what, what stimulates you your comforting? senses? Yeah. Um, and that difference between feeling comforted and excited, right? We need both as mm-hmm. erotic beings. We need to feel good and safe and at home and like we belong. And then we need to feel excited and challenged and stretched and having new and novel things, right? And this is why I like alters, you know, and that word is very loaded for some people, but a little zone that can be changeable that you tend to, and this could be the top of your dresser, the top of a bookshelf, one little shelf above your bed, Um, but making it a little expression of like your here and now of sexuality, right? And maybe a flower that your lover gave you on a date recently, you dry and you put it on your altar, or maybe like I'm looking at my altars right now with a, you know, they've got a butthole on them and a rose butt plug because right now like, I'm. Think, you have to explain there's a butthole a on that. Because so <laughs> right now and forever, I'm obsessed with butts. Um, you know, there's fisting art. And like when I say fisting art, like, yes, there's art that represents fisting. And you can go on Etsy, you can go on these online marketplaces and find art and objects that express your particular turn ons. Charlotte for Christmas got me like a beautiful metal octopus kind of jar vasey thing and I lives by my bedside table and I love it. Um, and it's like a nod to my octopus fetish that would be at home in any modern room, (laughs) you know? Um, and was like 20 bucks probably like, it doesn't have to be lavish to be an expression of you and to be a physical permission giver for your erotic life. That's what we keep wanting to come back to here is like, does your space say yes to what you want to cook up (laughs) in your erotic kitchen? Because it's very frustrating to want to make an elaborate meal and be in a kitchen that's ill-equipped. And if what is inside you wants to be expressed and your space doesn't support it, like you can give yourself the gift of a better equipped space to support your specific desires bondage if you find yourself interested in bondage right we don't have to go to a full dungeon with suspension points and elaborate saint andrew's crosses like for most of us that will never be accessible but what is accessible perhaps is buying your first coil of rope and learning how to secure your lover on the bed with no suspension doing it safely baby stepping in and then maybe down the road you put a few hard points on your bed and maybe down the road, the next time your furniture needs upgrading, you take that into consideration, right? And it becomes like a journey mm. and path to explore of like, how do the spaces around us say yes to who we want to be in this world?
1: How do they er- reflect our ongoing erotic
0: evolution? Mm-hmm it's so I keep going in this like loopy world because it's a both an expression and an invitation
1: totally it's a it's a placeholder for something that you want to embody and inhabit I feel like it's a it's a it's a it's an evocation it's like you want to experience this kind of thing in your body what is an image that reminds you of that or um, Mm -hmm. evokes that and mm-hmm. I just, again, want to say that like prints that you can find online, like you can get things for like 10, $15 that can like really change an experience of a space and remind you of something. And I just I love that as a as a simple entry point to creating an erotic experience that's curated just for you mm-hmm. in your in your home. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're just talking about um, using a choice and agency to make small changes. If you could remove one to three things from your room and put in one to three things that evoke something for you what could that what could that be like cuz we're not talking about a huge whole redo of your entire home unless you can do that go ahead great but for most of us it's going to be these small changes that light something up in us, invite us into something, remind us that this matters and that we want to make time and space for it.
0: And be permission givers. We've talked a lot about privacy in this episode and like how to make these things kind of low key. So your family can come over and no questions are asked. And for a lot of us, that is a significant thing here. Also your expression and having a space that people walk into and in that space, they're like, Oh, it feels really good to be here or you leave an erotic art book out on your table, or you have a little bit more explicit art up on the wall, you can become a permission giver for other people and create a culture in your home where that is what is normal. Mm -hmm. And that shame and secrecy around sex aren't what's normal. Actually, here we do talk about sex out loud. And, you know, it's just an interesting way that our space can become an invitation, not only for ourselves, but for others who we want to share that space with. Um, Right, for some people having their boudoir
1: photography of them with whatever could be completely appropriate and awesome and delicious. Mm-hmm. In which case go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you said it'll inspire other
0: people. Mm-hmm. It so depends on and your specific context of your life right yeah, like totally. you might change things you know we've recently gone into a renaissance why because our child is 8. Mm-hmm. We no longer have toys scattering the floor. She has her little shelf she keeps neat and so we get to reoccupy our entire home. But that was partly you because know? you
1: were really realizing that there was so much family life everywhere and you wanted you wanted to have an erotic space again and we had to intentionally make that choice and rearrange things in order to make that happen
0: we try to follow our own advice sometimes. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it made a huge difference surprise but it was a lot of choices and it happened slowly over time and it has made a difference but we, we, that wasn't possible for a number of years earlier in her life um, and so now we're in a different stage so yeah. also be gentle with yourself of course the compassion moment for the podcast yeah.
0: charlotte's <laughs> compassion hour
1: um that you know let's not aspire for something that is out of reach but let's like work with what we have and how can we make small changes to align more deeply with what we would most love within the resources and context that we already have
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then sharing what we do have and sharing our resources and sharing that permission, because this is ultimately a social thing. Um, And just like it's a pleasure to tune into how to build a sex room on Netflix and watch these couples kind of go through. And it's beautiful to see, right? The process of doing this in the material plane, like with Mm -hmm. the physical space and objects around us gives us permission and space inside In our minds, in our imaginations, in our relationships, our conversations, our communication to be more real, express who we are, ask for what we want, get more specific, right? Because so much of this is just so specific to how you experience the world. And what turns you on and what your body needs to feel sexy. Mm, mm, Safe and sexy. Safe and sexy. Because, of course, our home and our space is like a huge part of the
1: context creation. But ultimately, the main and star player in our context creation is our brain. And the messages we have, we tell ourselves over and over again it lives between us relationally so it's in our emotions our minds our hearts and between us like that is what's most important and then our space becomes a reflection of that Mm -hmm. but ultimately we want to keep trying to create more freedom and space and permission within ourselves that is where our eroticism
0: ultimately lives Mm. we're gonna end there (laughs) We will see you next week for another episode of Speaking of Sex. You will find the complete podcast archive at PleasureMechanics.com. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Do us a favor, give us a rating and review, and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And check out the show notes for this episode to find links to related conversations, to the music and the textures and Charlotte's beautiful art that puts us in the mood. (laughs) Um, Are you open for private commissions? I am. Another beautiful option is Mm. to send Charlotte a portrait of yourself in any sort of like explicit nudity. And she'll ask you about your favorite colors and what you want to evoke and paint you a custom watercolor. That's a tribute to you and your erotic journey um so make this personal make it specific make it beautiful and enjoy building the sex cathedrals of your dreams on your budget on your terms yes
1: choice by choice incrementally
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. we love you we will see you next week i'm chris i'm charlotte we are the pleasure mechanics
1: wishing you a lifetime of pleasure cheers